Welcome back to Office Chats, a podcast presented by Madam Blue. I'm your host, Valeria, and today's guest is Annie Leal, the founder of I Love Chamoy. I Love Chamoy offers a delicious, tangy, and spicy chamoy that is free of sugars and artificial dyes. Annie is dedicated to providing a healthier and tasty alternative to the traditional Mexican sauce that we all know and love. In this episode, Annie chats about her inspiration for starting I Love Chamoy, how she overcame obstacles while building her business, and the power of social media in growing a loyal consumer base. Let's get into the show. Annie, it's great to have you on the podcast. I love to get started by having you introduce yourself and telling listeners a little bit about your career background. I'm so happy to be here. Uh, my name is Annie Leal. I was born and raised in Mexico. And about a year and a half ago, I started a company called I Love Chamoy, which is a sugar-free Mexican candy company. And it's been a crazy year and a half. Uh, before that, I worked in media and in, in advertising, but never in food. So th- this has been an entirely new venture for me. That's awesome. Where in Mexico were you from originally? Monterrey, Nuevo León. So oh, I was okay. raised there. I went to college in Mexico. So I've been in the U.S. for about 10 years now. Nice. I'm um, from Mission, Texas. I don't know if you know oh where my that God. is. That's where our chamoy is made. Oh, no way. Yeah, okay, I didn't even... pro- yes, I love that. Oh, my God. I never meet people from Mission, Texas. My family moved from Monterrey to McAllen. And our co-packing facility is quite literally in Mission, Texas. Wow. Small world. My family's from Tamaulipas. So just on the other side of of, of mission yeah um very cool well we'll get into how the chamoy is made in a little bit but I want to know first like what inspired you to start the company this whole thing really got started with my dad uh he was diagnosed with diabetes uh you know a couple years ago we're born and raised in Mexico so Mexican candy has always been a part of our lives specifically chamoy and when my dad was diagnosed he immediately made life changes uh he you know, changed his diet, changed his exercise routine. And he had this cabinet in the kitchen that was like my dad's treats. Like, you know, nobody, nobody went in there because they're, they're, they were my dad's sugar-free candies. And one day I was like looking for something sweet and I saw that he had sugar-free Hershey's, sugar-free Reese's cups, sugar-free licorice, like any American candy had a sugar-free version in that cabinet. And I didn't see any sugar-free Mexican candy. And I thought that was so weird. So I asked him, how come you don't have any? And he was like, Mija, I can't find it. And that was like a 9 p.m., 10 p.m. one night. And I stayed up the whole night researching to see if I could find something for him. And after a couple hours of not finding anything, I made the decision that I wanted to start a company that kind of filled in that gap. And it's kind of a no-brainer, right? Like you think of all the candies that we grew up on, like pulparindos and Mm -hmm. everything, like yeah, you never register how there's not a healthy version of it. Whereas like in the US, you know, there's a healthy version of like a Reese's cup or a Hershey's mm-hmm. bar, like everything has an alternative. A thousand percent. I And I think it was also like the fact that Mexican candy, I mean, Mexican food has been mainstream for so many years now, but Mexican candy now it's becoming a mainstream snack. You see it everywhere. You know, now everybody knows what tahini is. That wasn't the case five years ago. So I think for me, it was, it was, of course, this was specifically made to satisfy uh, a gap in my own community. But through starting this company, I've realized that there's so many people from all different cultures who love our food and love our candy and love our flavor and haven't been able to enjoy it for many reasons. So uh, I'm hoping that I Love Chamoy 
kind of uh, breach that 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 gap a little bit for them. Yeah, for sure. Especially with something like chamoy that you can literally put it on everything. Mm -hmm. So that's awesome to have it in the sugar-free version. And I wanted to ask you more about like what the process was like that you went through to create a sugar-free version that was tasty, that, you know, everyone still liked and you weren't sacrificing like a flavor for healthy ingredients. For sure. I think a lot of people, when, uh, when they hear that I started this company, imagine me in my kitchen, like doing potions and combining things that actually never happened. And that's because I was very, I was very aware from the beginning that my biggest weakness was going to be the food production of it all. I didn't come with a background of food. I didn't come with a background of understanding food safety, and I didn't want to make a mistake there. So 90% of the funds that I invested into this company were used entirely to hire a food scientist to bring that person on board and work really, really closely with her for six plus months developing this product. So I... You know, when you, I was like, I don't know what I need to sell a pro like a food product. That's a big responsibility. And and also the claims that we were going to make that was sugar-free, carb-free. How do you make a nutrition label? So I was very, very lucky to have somebody that I trusted fully who understood the vision that I had for the product and the brand. And together we tested over 40 different formulas. It took us about six months, which I thought was going to take a month because I had no experience in that. Um, it took about six months, 40 different formulas until we landed on the flavor, the sweetener that we're using, which is monk fruit and consistency we wanted, the color that we wanted. It was a long process, but absolutely, absolutely worth it. And at this point, were you still working, you know, a day job and using that to fund the early stages of this business? Yes. So I have actually haven't talked about this before, but I, right before starting, I love Chamoy, I had started a different company during the pandemic and it was an e-commerce accelerator company, very different from, from what I do now. And uh, when I had the idea for I love Chamoy, I was so passionate about it. I just believed in it. So like, I couldn't stop thinking about it. It was, it was an obsession. Like I tried to forget about it for a month, about a month. And it was just always in the back of my mind. So I made the decision there to take a corporate job, which gave me really good stability to fund then this company. And I did both things. I did the corporate job and I did um, I Love Chamoy uh, at the same time, all the way until October of last year, actually. And it was like, okay, this this little baby sidekick now became became a big, beautiful monster that needed all of my attention. So that's when I made the, the shift. But it was important to me to have funding for the company at the beginning and, and not take any loans out or sell any part of the equity of the company. That was really important to me. So I'm, it was crazy couple years, but um, it was totally worth it now. So you still own a hundred percent of the business? I do. That's awesome. Yeah. And I'm sure that experience of like balancing multiple responsibilities and watching your passion project grow really taught you valuable time management skills and maybe prepared you for what was coming next. Yeah. And I remember, you know, at my, at my old job, they would give us leadership classes and, you know, the, it was a big company. So we were learning how to, how to run this big company. And I was just like taking notes for things that were relevant for my, my little growing business. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and yeah, you learn things, you learn things from seeing somebody else run a company then that's, that's, that's true. So mm -hmm. I, I don't regret it by, by any means. So once you left your corporate job to pursue, I love Chamoy full-time, what sort of challenges did you face early on and how did you overcome them to sort of continue growing the business? 
So there's been a couple challenges and a couple adjustments. And it's funny because now some things that felt like a big deal a year ago, now I'm like, oh, that's nothing. You know, and that's, I think, just like the first time you deal with a problem, you solve it. It's going to be easier the second time. Um, the first first challenge we ran into, and this was the first month when we launched, was a blessing and a curse at the same time. Um, we had made enough chamoy to last us six months. That was that was the goal. The goal was to sell, I think it was 750 bottles. We wanted to sell them in a span of six months. And I was really nervous. I was like, I don't like, I don't think anybody's gonna buy this. Like, I don't have enough friends and family to like do me a favor and buy all these bottles. But we went viral on TikTok like the second day I posted about the chamoy being finished. So we sold those bottles in six months. So the first challenge was fulfillment and what I wasn't accounting for was the lead times with the pandemic, how things were going to be sold out. So that was a big adjustment. Uh, how do I keep my customers happy that are really excited for this product when I have no inventory whatsoever? And then after quitting my job, uh, my day job and doing this full time, there was a period of adjustment of how do I spend my time? There were so many things that I, so many ways that the company can grow and being just one person, where do I want to focus my time? How realistic do I want to be about my, what I'm good at, what I'm not great at? So yeah, some of those were like some of the biggest, biggest things. So at that point when you're selling, you know, you go viral on TikTok and you're selling out, you're still a team of one at that point. Mm -hmm. Are you, yeah. are you considering like bringing people on in the future or is that something you still are putting on pause for now? So I've been very blessed to be able to hire teams for specific specific tasks. So it's not necessarily uh, overhead that I have to take care of every single day of the week, which for a small business can be a lot of pressure. And I never want to also put somebody in the position where I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen next month. Mm -hmm. So have people on board specifically for projects. I've been so blessed to have incredible, uh, incredible teams. Our co-packing facility is Latina owned and Latina ran, and it's all incredible women that make our chamoy. A couple months ago, I hired a social media manager. Her name is Carla. She's incredible. I had before that I had been doing all of TikTok, all of Instagram, and I just, I needed like a fresh voice and I needed somebody with fresh ideas and a brilliant mind. And so she came on board. So I've, it's, it's been a slow process and it's also, you know, it hasn't been as big of a challenge as I thought it was going to be, but I think, I think probably a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs go through this where it gets to a point where you have to delegate and this has been your baby. And this has been something that you've like cherish. And sometimes you can become the bottleneck in your company. And it was really, I was really scared of that happening with me not learning how to allow other people to come in and do the tasks that I've been doing. So it's been a process, but very, very rewarding. And I advise all entrepreneurs it, when they can to get out of their own way, because most of the time we're the biggest problem in our own company. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's a great point. And I, I love your social media pages. That's actually how I found your company. And one thing that I respect a lot about your social presence is that you're very open about keeping the business transparent. Like, oh, we almost used this type of bottle that looked like a shampoo bottle and not like or a chamoy bottle. bottle. <laughs> or you'll share like how you changed your ingredients to make something better. So I'm curious why that transparency is so important to you. And also like, whether you're incorporating customer feedback to your business that you're hearing from social media. 
For sure. I, I mean, I think from the beginning, for me, it was really important to share every part of the journey online. I am a, I think I'm a, also like a serial oversharer. So it just happened to like fit it. Like I, I'll tell anybody anything. But for me, I, I kind of made a decision at the beginning that was, okay, if this company fails, then I hope everything that I'm recording and documenting can serve somebody else so they don't make the same mistakes I did. And if this company succeeds, then maybe this will help somebody else get started with their own dream and and just kind of let's take away the act that sometimes so many of us want to put on when we're talking about a business or a project. And I think also in comparison to like the big guys, when I think of the big leaders on the candy industry, we talk about Bulbarindo, we talk about, you know, these fantastic brands that have been along for so long, but we don't really know who's behind them. We don't really, you know, I was like, okay, the only thing that could possibly distinguish me from them, aside from our ingredients, it's going to be my relationship with my customers and the fact that like I'm building this company with them. So I do not take for granted the relationship and the community that we've built with them. And it just makes my company better when we listen to them. And one of the, the times we did that, and it, it truly tripled our customer base, was when I launched our original sugar-free chamoy. I was only focused on it being sugar-free and carb-free. That was like in calorie-free. I wanted it to be a, a, a option for diabetics. And a lot of people in the comments were like, hey, I love this and I love the mission of your company, but I don't do artificial dyes. And then I was like, wait a minute. Like, and I started researching and like every Mexican candy and every Mexican snack has artificial dyes. So I was like, okay, let me see what I can do about this. So we went back to the lab, tested many different formulas and then decided to remove Red 40 and replace it with hibiscus powder. And a lot of people were like, well, why don't you just take it off? And I'm like, well, because people eat with their eyes. I wanted this to be a product that even kids would gravitate towards that mm -hmm. looks like, every other Mexican candy on the shelf. So we replaced it with hibiscus powder and it, it tripled our customer base. So that is one instance that listening to our customers absolutely paid off. And now every single product that we're developing falls under that category too of having no artificial dyes. And that's just kind of like a new value proposition that my company didn't have before, but it has now thanks to, thanks to the people on TikTok and Instagram. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's smart of you too to like not avoid it completely but just find an alternative because no one wants to eat like or at least I don't want it like if I see a chamoy that's not like red I'm like what is that you know you still I need with our eyes yeah you still um, want the recognition fully and I you know I think that for a lot of small businesses when I have the, the, this conversation with other entrepreneurs I'm like the a huge opportunity and a huge tool that we have that these big companies don't have is the fact that we can talk to our audience directly like when you're at that like interesting stage of like being small, but having customers and, and like building a community is like, we'll never have this again, where like you can absolutely check the polls of your audience every single time. And not taking advantage of that is like throwing money down the trash, to be mm -hmm. honest. So I recommend anybody who, even if you're a little stage fright and af afraid of recording content, like my videos are not high quality like you've seen them they're not high quality they're literally just talking to the camera and you'll learn you'll learn from your audience and that's a value that is worth you know more than you can possibly imagine yeah it, it definitely is a strength that people can take advantage of when they are starting small mm -hmm. is having that direct connection and when you initially like went viral and sold your six month supply of chamoy at that point were you only selling online only online yes okay. so we um 
we have maintained our biggest sales channel is direct to consumer on our website, ilovesomeway.com. And I also, that was very intentional at the beginning because I come from a, I come from a little bit of a media tech world, not the food industry, but the tech world. So for me, it was like, oh my God, I want to know where my chamoy is going. I want to know who's buying it. I want to know how many times they're ordering. I want to know how long does it take for them to finish a bottle and then to reorder again. Like these little metrics were so important to me because it was allowing me to understand my customer and figure out what moves to do next. So we we grew our database, we grew our newsletter, which is a, a great way for us to check the pulse of the audience as well. Um, and then after that, we expanded to, uh, now we're at uh, over 200 HEVs because we're Texas proudly made in Texas. Uh, so we're very, very blessed to be an HEB and we've expanded to other smaller boutique stores. And we just recently launched on Amazon as well. But my intention is to always keep that direct to consumer um, uh, avenue because it just, on top of sales, it gives us so much information that it kind of gets lost everywhere else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, and that's great that you've been able to like increase your channels as you're growing, especially... HEV is huge like as Texans for us that's like the mecca of where we eat yes. and drink and buy everything so congrats that's awesome thank you so much I appreciate it um yeah it's been it, we have an HEV really close to our house like a couple you know, maybe like five blocks away and and that's the HEV that my family has been shopping at for years so to walk in and see our product is just I, it feels like a huge prank that I'm waiting for somebody <laughs> to come and tell me psych, but it hasn't happened yet. So Yeah. And so did you approach them or what was the process like to get into, you know, how, for sure. 200, 200 HEV stores? Now? Yeah, 200 HEV. I, I, yeah, I think we're like in 250 or, or something like that. We, um, So HEV has a contest every single year called HEV's Quest for Texas Best. And this is a great thing for entrepreneurs. Like, find out every single contest that is happening because all of these major retailers have them. Sometimes there's grants that you can sign up for. So for us being a Texas made brand and knowing that Southern Texas loves Mexican candy, loves to I'm like, Oh my God, like we need to enter. So we entered the contest last year and we won the grand prize. So uh, that came with a cash price that would really allowed us to grow and expand. And it also came with a lot of press and of course came with the relationships with HEB and we we worked with them a couple months to get our product into the shelves and now we've we've been there for for a while. I'm sure that's been like a huge milestone in your journey growing this business. Are there any other like rewarding moments that have made you feel really proud about the the company and product you've created? Yeah, you know, I think there there's many moments like when we've, you know, we were featured on Good Morning America, which was crazy like it was just like you know I was like jumping jumping around the living room that was insane so there's been a lot of moments like that where we've we've gotten really incredible press that that you we, we don't have a PR team we don't have anybody like getting these interviews for us so that that's been really incredible but I think the most rewarding thing has been when we get messages or some, you know people have approached me in person to tell me that their dad or their mom is also diabetic, that they're diabetic themselves, that they have a kid who's allergic to artificial dyes and that they've been able to connect with our product. We get tagged on Instagram when, you know, on Instagram stories, we share all, all the videos where we're getting tagged. And every single time I see a photo or a video with somebody enjoying our chamoy at their work or like they pack it for lunch, I'm like, my head kind of glitches. I'm like, wait a minute, like, 
we like that's crazy to me that this product has become a staple in people's homes like that's that's such an honor and such like to be there like it, it's crazy so I think that that those moments are what still blows my mind more than anything else because mm-hmm. it's just having somebody buy you again and again it's it's such an insane thing so um I'm just over the moon about that it is so crazy to think you could create something that is used all over the state of Texas or Mexico, wherever, yeah. just from like starting something by yourself. And I think a lot of people exactly. might get bogged down by thinking like, oh, I need, you know, a lot of money to start something. I need a team. I need PR. But I think you're really testament to the fact that like just starting small and growing using a social platform can really take you to new heights. Holy, I think that I think a lot of people wait for things to be perfect before they launch something. For me, I made the decision that the only thing that needed to be perfect was the food safety issue. That was the one thing that we couldn't play around with. Everything else didn't have to be perfect. As you mentioned, we went through several bottle designs, some more ugly than others. Um, You know, the website is going through changes. The label went through changes. Our TikToks have gotten better. Sometimes they get worse. So as long, I think for any entrepreneur, just pick the one thing that has to be perfect. Most of the time it's a service that you're offering and the product that you're offering for us was food safety was something that we were not going to be lenient with. Everything else didn't have to be perfect. And that is something that that we maintain to this day. And I think it's going to be the product and, and, and food safety has to be really, really buttoned up. But everything else has room to change and evolve and, you know, has some flexibility. Yeah, that's good. Well, I love that you're, you know, made in the Valley. I think that's so cool to see like a Valley business grow. But what goes into ensuring the quality and consistency of your product at your manufacturing or co-packer locations? We've gone through two co-packers. Our first co-packer was fantastic. But if I'm being fully honest with you, if I wasn't there, I think the quality of the product could suffer. And that was just not something that we... I say we, that I <laughs> that I was willing to risk. Um, and then we found our co-packer in Mission and uh, she's incredible. Uh, her name is Pilar Gonzalez. She's, she's the woman who owns the co-packing facility. She's incredible. She's even more strict than I am about quality control and safety and cleanliness and permits. And just, it's really, really important to partner up with somebody who's going to treat your business like their own. And, you know, we've gotten now to a rhythm where we produce around 20 to 40,000 bottles every single month in that facility. But we've gone through many changes of being like, okay, this is working. This is not working. I don't actually, I don't think I even shared this on socials, but like Thanksgiving weekend, like was crazy for us because one of our manufacturers for our bottles and our seals came fully defected. So like we had packaged 20,000 bottles open up, open them up again, make sure that every single bottle sealed properly. We all, you know, everybody had to work through Thanksgiving weekend, which was crazy, but those are things that, that happen. And if we didn't have a co-packing facility that was monitor, monitoring all of that for us, and we're kind of like the last final check before it goes to a customer, things would be different. So I highly, highly recommend people, especially in the food industry, to really get to know your co-packer, talk to other clients that they have. This is going to be a very close relationship and hopefully for a very long time. So you really want to get to know them before you go into a contract with them mm-hmm. um, like we did. Yeah. And once your product is out in the market on shelves or even like on Amazon, how are you dealing with continuing to differentiate yourself from competitors or legacy brands like 
like Lucas or anything that people are super familiar with and kind of naturally gravitate towards? How are you kind of changing those consumer habits to benefit your business? That is such a great question. Um, Cause I think I've, I've had a lot of friends and they're, you know, they have good intentions and they're like, you should patent this. And I'm like, well, you can't patent a recipe. Like that's the, you know, that's actually, I think you can't do, I wish I could. Uh, but technically, um, you know, uh, competition is out there and competition and could, could, could possibly be gearing up uh, to have a product like ours. I think our biggest difference is our brand and the relationship that we have with our audience. And that's something that we can really bet on. And it's something that I am obsessed about. I love, I want to get closer to our audience. I want to keep growing those channels. Uh, we're currently developing other products that fall under that category. I want I Love Chamoy to be the sugar-free Mexican candy company. I want to hold that space. And uh, and I think the only way to do that is to really make sure that your customers know your mission, that they are as excited uh, for the company as you are, and and to keep checking the pulse because you know, there are a lot of companies that have a lot of funding, have backing. We don't have that, but we have something that I consider to be more powerful. And that is customers, real customers that just, you know, are, have been with us from the beginning and want to be there until the very end. So that to me, I think is the biggest differentiator of our brand is that through all of this, we've become a brand and that's mm-hmm. really good. Yeah. And do you think you'd be open to investments in the future? Or you kind of want to maintain complete ownership of your brand? You know, we've been approached uh, from, from, with, from really great uh, venture capitalist firms that, uh, that I, I mean, I'm honored that they're even interested. And I, you know, I'll tell you what I told them. I was like, I'll be fully honest with you. This year is, at, this year is where we're launching so many new products. And I'm like, it's a big changing year for my company because we're going from being a product to to having you know m- multiple SKUs. I was really hesitant to take investment and then be like, well, you have to, you know, they 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 hurry you to spend it. And I'm like, I want to be so strategic with the growth of this company. So I'm not against it, but when I do, I want to have very clear, very clear reasons why I'm spending that money. We're very lucky right now that we don't need that to grow. That so much of our growth has been organic, but. Uh, I'm sure next year is going to look different and next year I'm going to have more ambitious goals for the company. And um, so, so I'm not against it, but I just don't want to take money for the, for the sake of taking money. I want to be, I want to be very clear with the growth and not, not let it get out of my hands that then we damage the thing that was so hard to build, which was this community. Mm -hmm. No, that's a great perspective to have on it. And are you allowed to share what's coming next? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, probably around May 15th, uh, we're going to open our pre-order for our sugar-free Mexican candy, which is a, it's a vegan, gluten-free, has an artificialized, completely sugar-free um, um, Mexican candy gummy. It's chili watermelon flavor. Um, it is has incredible macros that I'm so excited about uh, for people to see. Uh, we're currently changing our website, like quite literally uh, rebuilding our website to not just be the giant bottle of chamoy, but not have additional products. Um, we're going to be launching a mango flavor a couple months after mm-hmm. that. Um, and then we have some goals for new for new selling avenues that are still being determined. But the biggest, biggest news is we are we're we are projected to launch two to three new products this year, um, which I'm so excited about. Yeah, that's so exciting. Well, maybe we'll have to have you back on the show to discuss Absolutely. all the development for. <laughs> for oh my God, I'm going to have to send you. 
I'm gonna have to send you a box. Like you're from Mission, <laughs> Texas. That's crazy. Like I never meet anybody from there and I get so like geeked out when that happens. So we'll we'll hook you up with all of the products because oh all of us made in Mission. That's music to my ears. Yeah. And I I mean, I don't visit as often as I'd like to, but when I do go, what I enjoy the most is like my mom's Mexican food and like going and getting my Mexican candy because it really just feels like home when you're eating the things you grew up on. Absolutely. Well, you mentioned overcoming obstacles with your co-packer, and I'm sure there have been challenges in growing the business with multiple SKUs now. So I'm curious how you deal with unpredictability as an entrepreneur. I spiral for like two hours <laughs> and then I pretend that I know what I'm doing. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I've had a lot of mo- moments of panic. I think people close to me have gotten phone calls with me being like, like, you know, having like a million doubts. And then I think because there's an existing customer base, because even if I'm spiraling and I'm nervous and I'm like sales are coming in, there's a responsibility there that I have to account for. So um, most of the time, I think I'm able to pull myself together and I'll be honest with you, pretending that I'm like, you know, it's almost like fake it till you make it pretending that I know what the next move is and pretending that I, you know, uh, almost gaslighting myself into being calm and surprisingly, most of the time it works. And other times, uh, you know, I, I tell people to, um, seek, seek advice, seek help. Um, you know, uh, one of the early in our, in our, uh, launching this company, uh, my van, my, my, my company's van was broken into. And, you know, it was like over $10,000 worth of ingredients were stolen, which was horrible. But worse than that was I was going to be very late in fulfilling my pre-orders. And I was terrified. And I called my mom and I was crying. I was like, I don't know what to do. And my mom was like, you can cry tomorrow. Today, you have to solve this for your customers. And I was like, you know what I mean? And that was like, that was a moment where I needed somebody else to tell me that. So, um, um, I, you know, I also love hearing other entrepreneurs stories because I think we all, we all think that it's been easy for everybody, but most entrepreneurs, if not all of them have stories like ours, like everybody has gone through it. Everybody has, you know, disappointed a customer. Everybody has gotten to the end of their savings and being like, what did I do? It's very common. So the more you share and the more vulnerable you are, I think it's much easier to then also receive support and hear feedback that then you can figure out which one you want to take and run with. But but I truly think that you can gaslight yourself into being calm for a little bit to solve a problem. It, it has worked for me in the past. Yeah, no, I love the honesty too, because from the outside, sometimes it's easy to, to believe other people always have their shit together and it's not really like that. There's a period where like, I couldn't, I love the show Shark Tank. I'm sure every entrepreneur loves the show Shark Tank, but there was a while, there was like two months where like, I couldn't watch it because I was getting, it was, it was giving me anxiety. Like I was like, I cannot hear numbers and other people like, you know, so you just uh, protect your peace whenever you need it as an entrepreneur. And then, That's so funny. Like, You're like, like flinching when you hear equity and <laughs> sales. I, like, I don't want to hear about equity. I don't want to hear about like projected sales. Like, no, like if that's, that feels like work. And now I'm enjoying it again, which means mm-hmm. that like things are going smoothly. You can tell how I'm doing based on my TV watching habits. <laughs> well, I'm curious, like what your dad thinks of of the company since he's the one who kind of inspired you on this journey. Oh, he loves it. Mm-hmm. He loves it. You know, my dad, he uh, he studied architecture. And since I've been born, I've never saw, saw him practice that. My dad has had his own business. He's been a translator for as long as I can remember. So he's been an entrepreneur. So I think that 
you know, on top of the product being made specifically for him and him, you know, we, we read so many stories similar to ours. I think it has really united us in the fact that as an entrepreneur, I can finally relate to my dad and there's, that there's been so many times where I've had newfound respect for him. Cause I was like, how did you, how did you do it? How, how did you just like bet entirely on yourself? And with a family and with kids, like, you know, thankfully I'm in not, not in that position where I have to think of additional people besides me. So it's, it's brought us closer together. And I've, I've said this to my dad before, but when we, when me and my sister were little, it's just me and my sister as, as his kids, he used to like, if he saw like a, a news clipping of a, a female entrepreneur, like I remember when I think, I can't remember the name of her but it was the pepsi ceo and it she had just been promoted and it was a female ceo and it was like a huge deal because pepsico is a huge company and my dad like cut the news clipping from the newspaper and brought it to me and now looking back i'm like all these things that he did signaling that he's like you can be whatever you want to be and like you know no job is big enough has really i think been a been a reason why i've been fearless about starting this company is because you know my dad planted the seed many years ago it's huge the impact our parents can have right when they encourage us to just dream big and have that inner confidence to know that you can accomplish anything. A thousand percent. What are some of your favorite chamoy recipes? I know there's probably so many, but if you could pick just like top three ways that you love eating your product, what would they be? I'm kind of a purist in that way that I love it with just mango. I love it with cucumber, but one of the most one of the most like different ways has been with like you know the mochi ice cream balls mm-hmm. the mango one mm-hmm. you put like, you put tomorrow, you put tahini it is so good it's like you can just carry it um but our customers our, our customers come up with incredible uh and interesting ideas and because not all of our customers are hispanic or latino we have a lot of people that are discovering chamoy for the first time like for the first time ever and so we've gotten emails and we have reviews on our website of people being like, you know, I love it to marinate meat and salmon. I'm like, oh, and like, it's kind of like a Mexican teriyaki. I think it, like, you know, so think like, I'm just like, okay, like I would never do that, but like, I love that you're doing that. So wow, I it, never thought of that. It kind of makes sense, right? You're just like, oh my God. And then I think for, for the Super Bowl, because of one of those comments, I did chamoy tahine wings. And they were incredible. They were they were delicious. So, um, you know, again, again, our customers know better than us. So, yeah, that's one of the fun things about chamoy is everyone eats it in different ways. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm definitely kind of like you. I like it on fruit. I like it on gummies. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister, sorry to put her on blast, she does something weird where she'll eat it with goldfish. Wait, I might do a TikTok about that. That is so strange. You should try uh, it. Okay, we'll it's do honestly it. it's honestly good, but I don't know what in her brain urged her to do that <laughs> that is so interesting mm-hmm. okay i'm sure i'm sure she's not alone i'm sure somebody else in the world probably one of her customers that's, that marinates me maybe with it, yeah has put it on on goldfish well annie i like to close out each episode by asking guests to provide a few words of wisdom so what is your biggest piece of advice for founders and entrepreneurs um probably you just have to pick one thing to be a perfectionist about for your business, everything else has room to be has room to be messy, has room to improve, to grow, to change. Uh, you know, and it's okay not to know everything. A good entrepreneur, I think, a good business owner is aware, very, very aware, aware of their weaknesses, and knows when they need support in those things. So, 
you know, stay self-aware, stay humble and a little messy and, you know, things tend to work out. Awesome. Thank you so much, Annie. Can you please let everyone know where they can keep up with you and I Love Chamoy online and on social media? Absolutely. If you want to see and hear all my oversharing, you can go on TikTok on I Love Chamoy or, or on Instagram where, where it's kind of like the same, but with memes because my social media manager is really funny. Um, and that's at shop I Love Chamoy. And you can check out our product and the new things that are coming out at ilovechamoy.com. Thank you so much to Annie for joining me on the podcast and thank you to everyone listening. I hope you join us in the next episode of Office Chats.